0: P-A-C-K-A-G-I-N-G dot com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Tyler Chaffum, the Manager of Global Sustainability at Avery Dennison. Hey, Tyler, how are
1: you? I'm good, Corey. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, really good. It's my honor, and I appreciate you taking some time for us. Labels is a big deal. And I know you at at Avery Dennison have some very unique offerings. I'm excited to talk about those today. But let's talk a little bit about you first. And can you tell us about your background? How'd you get into sustainable packaging?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So I have a I have a background from from undergrad around supply chains, and you know, the early part of my career went into supply chains and logistics, and you know, from there went into uh, roles focused more on directly focused on packaging and intelligent packaging at that going back to now we call it RFID. And then wow. we went, and then we made that progression to call it intelligent labels. And then fast forward, went back to grad school, focused on sustainability and rejoined Avery Dennison at that time. And so now I've got the opportunity to apply kind of all these things together, you know, supply chains, packaging, sustainability. And really it's, it's a great opportunity because There's kind of two sides of the coin with that. You know, there's the ability to look at how do we make packaging and connected packaging or digitally enabled packaging less impactful, you know, and make it more sustainable. While on the other side of the coin, how do we look at using, you know, connected packaging or smart packaging, digitally enabled packaging? You know, there's so many terms out there these days in terms of making a more sustainable outcome for our customers. So one of the things we're really excited about right now is around reusable packaging—the ability to have reusable packaging be a better solution than some of the single-use packaging systems that exist out there historically.
0: Absolutely, I agree, and it's it's exciting to see these new systems evolve. And you know, I interviewed Lime Loop on this podcast a a few weeks ago. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. Their returnable system is absolutely brilliant. But I think that goes right back into what you're saying about these labels uh, can be smart labels and can track the package and can get it returned somehow or help get it returned somehow. It can make a huge impact on the global footprint of these companies that are so used to using single-use packaging. Mm,
1: Yep, exactly. Well said.
0: So tell us about Avery Dennison. You guys are you're a big, big company, right?
1: Yeah. You know, we're a big company. And I, I like to kind of, you know, categorize us as a big company that no one's ever heard of. But one that's probably <laughs> within your everyday life and you see, but might not be as tangible as some other you know household names that exist out there. You know, we're right. an eight billion plus company in top line sales uh, from a diversity from a diversified portfolio across various business units, inherently we're a label and packaging company. One of our largest business units is, you know, makes a lot of the prime material that you see on, you know, really ubiquitously within the consumer packaged goods space in terms of label and adhesive material. The business unit that I'm responsible for sustainability for is what we've historically called our RFID division. Uh, at one point we called it our intelligent labels division. Now we call it, everybody smart track. And inherently, what we do is create digital identities. And we have an aspiration that everyday item will have a unique digital identity. And that's, you know, the equivalent of trillions of items having unique digital identity. And we have an ambition to do that through a variety of different means. It's through things like RFID. It's through things like NFC. You know, think Apple Pay. Uh, through things like low-energy Bluetooth. And within the last few years, we recently launched our connected product cloud, Atma.io, which really kind of brings full circle this digital identity conversation. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can have a digital trigger and that's, you know, something that goes on a product, on a package, which allows the consumer to interact with that or allows a brand or retailer to use that. But you need that digital identity to sit somewhere in the cloud and be functional up there and really to unlock the value that comes with having this unique reference available to do things off of it. At the end of the day, you can't measure what you don't manage. And so the ability to connect a product and give a real-time dynamic view of that is really where we think there's a big power to be unlocked. And it's really allowed us to kind of, I think, move the digital identity you know, conversation outside of where it's existed historically, which was primarily within the retail and apparel space.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Have you had any people... Kind of be concerned about well, this is an invasion of my privacy because I'm you're going to track this to my house or something like that. Is that that an issue that people are concerned about?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a very interesting question, and I think a uh, well pointed question. I mean, you know, certainly there was a historic view that we had Big Brother watching, you know, watching me, and that was something that I think when RFID was first adopted within the retail apparel space, that was a concern. But generally. The types of information gathered and stored on the RFID chip, if you will, is not something that really allows for a lot of privacy concerns. And, and really, because it was only used up until the point of point of purchase, and then really was was uh, removed from there, then it, it wasn't something that you know you can really track back to, let's say, a, a user's residence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But fast forward a few years, and now that we have things like reusable items and we have things that stay on through the life of a garment, through an apparel garment and things like that. Now there's this ability to interact post-purchase. And so now those conversations become a concern again, but you know, we're well positioned to avoid any kind of concerns around consumer privacy. It's something we're, we're very cognizant of, the way that the type of data that's gathered and the way that it's anonymized and used, You know, we don't necessarily get all the information down to a user level. For what we then you know track and then convey back to an apparel retailer or a food brand. And so there's really no ability to connect back to a user. And and even, you know, if you're let's say walking by an area and you you suspect they have, let's say, an RFID tag on something and you could you could scan it at distance, it wouldn't give you the type of information that would give you anything else than what you would probably already know. In terms of they've bought a thing of bananas or they've bought a shirt or something like that. So, you know, we are well compliant with things like. GPDR or any of the, you know, the legislation here that we have in the US, such as in states like California.
0: Uh, the Truth in Labeling Act. Is that what you're talking about?
1: It's a Consumer Privacy Act, yeah.
0: That would, California, okay.
1: yeah.
0: There seems to be more and more legislation coming through daily. Seems like every one of these interviews, I learn something new about a new piece of legislation that is going to affect this part of the world or that right. part of the world. And right. what's interesting for people like you and me in the packaging industry is how are we supposed to keep up with this? You know, I mean, you and I are, are actively studying it. You know, I interviewed a, a friend of mine from the UK. They have four laws taking effect all at the same time, all about sustainability and packaging, all about labeling, all about EPR, extended yep. producer responsibility. And all at the same time, mm-hmm. and uh, companies over there are just flailing, trying to figure out how do we avoid, first of all, making a big mistake, and right. second of all, you know, how can we be a part of the solution?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think for me, you know, I've never been witness to a time quite like now. and I think it's unprecedented in terms of the number to your point. The number of legislations that have come out, but the types of legislation that's come out, and traditionally, when I view legislation and regulations for that matter, it's, to me, doing the bare minimum. Like, I'm doing the bare minimum. to <laughs> And Sustainability is kind of, like, further along the spectrum of, like, I'm doing above and beyond. But now, it's almost like a lot of legislation and regulation is pushing the envelope. You know, we've got climate commitments here in the U.S. as well as Europe. We've got extended producer responsibility. We've got legislation around food waste. We've got the landmark resolution around plastic pollution from the U.N., which 175 plus countries have signed on to. But I think in general, well, my biggest takeaway from that is are, these things are all interconnected, right? We're all pushing it. And the overarching, prevailing thought is you need technology, you need solutions to help address some of these issues. So obviously, with the, the plastic pollution, you know, that's pushing companies to rethink, you know, their push towards reusable packaging. Same thing with all of the extended proofs of responsibility. You know, last time I checked, we had 12 plus states looking at extended proofs of responsibility laws in the U.S. That um, envelope has certainly been pushed since then. Um's um. really been leading in terms of those conversations and really leading in terms of, you know, what companies are committing to, which has also shown kind of how far Part they are and, and they need this they need this rethinking of systems right the way that we can cons- right. and consume packaging now and the way we take it back the way we recycle it you know and so i i just see so much investment as a result of these things that are pushing companies to really go into that area but it's unprecedented i think you know we're seeing a lot of things coalesce and it's certainly for, for what we do within our business you know a lot of things are having a trickle down effect you have digital product passport legislation which you know applies to a number of categories in Europe, which is around how can we give a unique digital identity to different product categories, electronics, uh, textiles, ICT, building supplies in order to enable the circular economy. And I think that's going to push a lot of other areas. And you'll see that coalesce with, you know, the single-use packaging directives that exist out there. You see all these things kind of start to come together in terms of solutions. But I always view legislation and solutions there's no one-size-fits-all approach to any of this. You know, it's going to be a number but, of things coming together for the greater good. And, you know, no one has all the answers, I think.
0: Well said. Um, and the issue is we all need to kind of try some different things. And by we all, I mean all of the countries in the world. <laughs> yeah. We need to try different things and see how those work and say, and then report back to the world and say, hey, this didn't work. or this was a great success. Let's do more of this. We recommend this. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of a centralized knowledge bank for this kind of study, because, you know, some of these laws are going to fail. Some of mm-hmm. these laws are going to hurt the economy. They're going to hurt the planet more because they cause more freight or they cause more waste somehow. But some of these laws are going to make major positive impacts. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder, this will be, like you said, this will be a very interesting several years and probably decades. We're kind of learning from each other and and seeing what's the most influential and the most effective systems. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSol Pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero waste. If zero waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, I talk about this a lot when I talk about sustainable products or sustainable solutions. And, you know, one of the big concerns I've always felt is around the creation of externalities. I think in general, that's something we all need to be mindful of because you could have you could have a potential where you solve one problem and doing yeah. so you create two new problems that didn't exist. And <laughs> that's really one of the benefits when I think about you know, digitally enabled, reasonable packaging is the ability to provide more information to improve decision making. And for example, when it comes to establishing like a reuse system, there, there's a lot of questions I think you have to answer in order to be right. able to establish it, right? You know, where are the reasonable containers going to go? Who's going to store them? Who's going to wash them? Who's going to monitor them? Who's going to redistribute them? Who's going to inventory them to make sure we have enough of them? He's going to make sure all this labor is taking place in just condition. And then ultimately, what's the environmental impact of all this? I think those answers or the answers to those questions are critical in establishing like an integrated ROI, you know, an economic, environmental, and social ROI relative to these reusable systems versus single-use systems. You know, this transparency is critical and I think is really a key verify in really improving this environmental impact, yeah. you know at the end of the day, you know, I don't think anyone would say, you know, it makes sense for me to have, a, let's say, a reusable coffee cup that I consume in New York. I send, let's say, to Los Angeles <laughs> to be cleaned, and then back to New York. Okay. So I think barring not having that information, you know, you're not really able without digital identities and really tracking, you know, the products to know, like, let's compare side by side what, what actually is better. Because I think at the end of the day as i said earlier you're not going to probably have a one-size-fits-all we're not going to go entirely to reusable packaging it's going to be a mixture of single-use packaging that you can be recycled and you know has the right fit and is the right materials you know playing in conjunction with reusable packaging cuz ultimately you know you're going to have to find that right kind of that right mix there
0: absolutely and there, there's a huge education issue here
1: right. and right.
0: i mean that in the way of we have to tell people how this is going to work we have to get their feedback will this work for your system will right. your staff understand what we're doing can they comply with this do you have the room to store these does it make sense to to store up a truckload and then ship it back there's so many questions there's so many opportunities for success but there's also opportunities to have fail and uh you know that's part of the deal and i'm all all in for it i'm excited to see what how packaging changes it's changing every day i'm getting so many notifications
1: and it's just not the packaging it's everything that needs to change with it right to your point like if you have a different package that's one thing but then you need to the consumer needs to change their mindset they need to understand you know, I do something differently with this now that I may drop it off in store. I may take it home and put it in my recycling and get sorted there and sent out mm-hmm. and get re-sanitized. There's these different reusable packaging models. You know, there's return at home. There's return on the go. There's refill at home. There's refill on the go. And, you know, we're looking at all <laughs> these solutions. And to the most part we have pilots, proofs of concept happening in all these places, digitally enabled, reusable packaging. Because, again, it's not going to, you know... For your, your food example, it may make sense to return on the go because I'm out, I have a coffee cup, I drop it off, it gets into the network mm-hmm. and back out. Uh, I may have an instance with my laundry detergent where I'm refilling on the go and I'm bringing it from my home in store when I buy my other products, refilling in store and then going back home. So I think we're seeing mm-hmm. all these things kind of play out, but really, it, it's all, I think it's all learning right now, right? You know, trying to find the right mix. Uh, but there's also these other ancillary benefits that happen now when you have a connected, digitally enabled, reasonable packaging. I'm not just, you know, having a resource efficiency or cost efficiency where I'm reusing a product, product, but now I have an opportunity to engage my consumer more. The consumer knows as they're reusing, you know, I, I can link to rewards programs, they can log into the app and let's say, oh, I can see that by my consumption of this tenth time, I have reduced the carbon footprint xyz and that's really powerful and that's really because i mean overwhelmingly something like 73 percent of gen z are keen to reuse packaging so they're looking for these solutions but i think they're also looking to know for what we said earlier that these solutions are actually better than the status quo
0: absolutely i love that and it creates like you said it creates loyalty yeah and and it becomes a new thing that you do a new lifestyle change Okay, so we don't put this in the recycle bin anymore. We're going to hold on to that. We're going to bring it back to the store with us. We're going to refill it, and we're going to bring it back home. And it's going to, there's a cost delta. You're going to save money, and you're going to feel better about things because you're not putting something else into landfill or being forced to recycle it, and sometimes cross your fingers that it actually does get recycled. But I have a friend, Amy, who owns a company called Big B Little B. Oh. And uh, they actually reuse corrugated boxes as many times as they can. So they'll put a sticker on there that or a label, I should say. I'm talking there the, you go, thank you. The, the an, label, an intelligent label, perhaps an intelligent label, and they say this is my and then they put the number like fourth trip or right. I think the, the highest number she's seen so far is eleven. Right. Uh, and talk about a carbon footprint reduction. That's just amazing.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the biggest power of, let's say, a digitally enabled packages. You can track all this and you can identify like what's that payback period or what's that tipping point to where now I've become better than single use. You know, how, how many trips does it take? Is it one trip, two trips, five trips, ten trips? In some cases, maybe I never have that and therefore single use is better, <laughs> as I said. But again, you don't know that until you've gone through and done like the, you know, the lifecycle assessments to know exactly what are the criteria you know, what really drives the impact? And then from there, you know, being able to create the network that supports that, you know, do I need to have a special place for these to be received or can they just work within the existing network? And so I think these are all considerations that we're learning as we go, but I mean, let's face it, you know, of the millions and trillions of packages that exist out there and packaging that exists, you know, according to Ellen MacArthur Foundations, you know, their new plastics economy, less than 2% of that is reusable. You have some key brands in the beverage space. I'll say, you know, some of the largest mm-hmm. beverage brands that have a commitment of twenty five percent by twenty twenty five, and then even some have even pushed the target beyond that. Really, you know, we're less than three years from there. In fact, we're only two years almost from <laughs> that. On. And I, I see a pretty big delta. And you need systems and solutions to a, to come up and you know to come into play to you know make that jump from less than two percent to twenty five percent, or maybe much closer to one hundred percent. As I said earlier. Probably never going to be out of percent, or at least maybe I won't see that. We're going to see more solutions come into play. I think for what we're seeing, you know, we're seeing such a variety of adoption across markets within packaging. You know, we've got we're work we're doing within, you know, reusable trays or, or totes for the grocery space with retailers in in the UK, which is one a good thing because they've got a resource efficiency, but two they've also got now better visibility into food value chain so not only are we reusing packages but we're also reducing food waste because now we've got a better you know visibility and transparency on where products are at what products are there what are their expiration dates uh we're also seeing adoption within the consumer packaged goods space specifically around detergent you know we we have a customer that's in south america where you know in their first stage they got an 80 percent reuse by consumers which Wow. Uh, it blows out kind of what, you know, you're getting within a single-use system. And, and really what they're using is based on three pillars. They have a smart container that has an RFID tag on it. They have an app where consumers can request the purchase of those products and then manage those recharges. And then they're also working on a new door-to-door distribution model where they actually have a vehicle going around as an RFID NFC reader that actually reads the package and then can, you know pump out or distribute the actual product there. The flexibility of solutions we're seeing is really staggering. We actually just had an example with a company called Reuse, where they haven't, they're calling it their Eco Cup, which is a reusable cup. They're using an RFD tag plus our admin.io connected product cloud to really trace these items and, and really, you know, give them visibility and then make that visibility to various stakeholders as part of the process. Cause that's, you know, what we talked about earlier, which is really critical is like, yes, I need visibility as a consumer, but I need visibility as a retailer, I need visibility as a logistics provider, I need visibility as the manufacturer potentially. Because without that, then the system doesn't really function correctly, right?
0: Absolutely. It has to all integrate and it has yeah. to work together or something fails and then you run out of packaging and that's a real problem for all of us.
1: And the unknown thing that we mentioned here that I think, you know, well, it's probably not unknown. I think it's very known by many companies right now. It was just the resource challenge that everyone's experiencing the supply chains being what they are, the cost of inflation around materials. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of adoption within the logistics space around returnable transport items, because as you give example around carton reuse, but the price of corrugate and then also the price of lumber for pallets was upwards of a 400% price in, in, increase last year, I believe. And so if you care about nothing else but cost, that would drive you towards the regional <laughs> side of it, right?
0: That's such an intuitive thing. Absolutely. Oftentimes people will ask me, isn't sustainability more expensive? Yeah. The answer is almost always no. It can actually be a huge cost savings for you if it's done correctly. Yeah. What a cool concept.
1: Yeah. And I would say, you know, nine times out of 10. And my hope is that it becomes 10 times out of 10. And I think we're, we're very close is that these things are not mutually exclusive attributes, right? Yeah. I Generally, what's best for my balance sheet is what's best for people and planet as well. You know, if I were to say, you could make this switch and save X amount of tons of CO2 a year, you'd say, okay, that's cool. But if you're, if I were to say, you know, you'd save, 100000 uh, I million on your OPEX, you'd say, let's see this yesterday. But at the end of the day, generally, those are the same things. What it comes down to is a messaging issue and really having the data to make that decision, I think.
0: Right. And like you said in the beginning of this interview, 70% of, uh, was it Gen Z? 73%, uh,
1: yeah.
0: Are more likely to buy an item if it's packaged sustainably. Yeah. So not yeah, only yeah. are... Are you going to save money? Not only are you going to be more sustainable, you're going to increase your sales uh, to certain you know, groups of people that yeah. are more and more important as far as you know quantity of purchases. But it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. So Tyler, how do people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Tyler Chaffo. Uh, you can also send me an email at tyler.chaffo at averydennison.com you know, happy to continue the conversation and really talk more about packaging, talk about connected or intelligent packaging. You know, we're doing a lot of great stuff focused on reducing food waste, you know, enabling circularity of all types of products. Uh, Reusable packaging being something I think is really top of mind and and really a great area for everyone to explore further.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. And thank you, uh, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. We appreciate it so much. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and give us a review. We really appreciate that. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Corey. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at backslash specrightcom backslash book. That's specrigh tcom backslash book.